Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about risk management. But before we jump into all that, well, I'd usually give you my uh, weekly update next. First of all, I just wanted to um, say that the quality of this episode, the quality of the recording for the episode, might be slightly lower than you usually expect. It's, um, the only reason for this is, I'm sorry, I'm using exactly the same uh, equipment that I would normally use to record the podcast, but I'm recording it at a completely different time than I normally record it on. So for those of you who are long-time listeners, you know that I tend to record the podcast on Sunday evenings, so or some, yeah, usually late on Sunday evenings, but I'm actually recording it in the middle of the day, and it is absolutely sweltering here today. It's uh, I think it's 27 degrees when I was looking at the thermometer earlier on, so it's really hot, so all the windows have to be open. I've had to turn off all the fans for the moment while I'm recording this, so you can't pick up that noise because those are really loud, and those would definitely uh, affect the quality of the recording. But you may get the odd sound come in that you would not normally expect on the podcast. And equally as likely, snow may bark a bit more because it's during the day, people walk past the, the windows or whatever, she's going to bark, so... Um, you may hear her as well. She may make she might make an appearance. So, with that being said, let's jump into it. Um, so this week I've had a pretty good week. Um, I had a really good uh, at the end of last week. I took a couple of days off um, just to chill out and relax. And didn't do anything particularly with my time. Uh, normally, when I have time off, I jam pack that time full with stuff of do to do. Whether that's uh, other work, catching up on paperwork, and um, whether it's doing social media type stuff or learning new new skills or whatever, I tend to jam-pack that time. Going, indeed, going out, seeing friends and families, normally I jam-pack that time full, which is just as tired as uh, being doing work as I usually do. So this time, however, I took a good couple of days off, um, which meant I had a super long weekend, which was really nice, and I literally just chilled out. So I actually watched a lot of TV, which I don't normally watch a lot of during the week, uh, which, which is just nice to chill out and relax. And I think it's important to take the time to do that. No matter what industry you're in, it's you've got to look after yourself, take care of your body, listen to the messages it's giving you. You know, I could feel quite easily. Um, I was starting to feel a bit run down, and my throat was starting to ache a bit. Uh, so I knew tonsillitis was coming on, because um, I, I can usually feel that now when that's coming on. That's usually brought on by stress and uh, tiredness, so kind of over, overworking myself. Um, and I also had a couple of other health issues, which um, are all signs that I needed to slow down a wee bit for a couple of days. So I did that, which was good because otherwise I'd have been ill for a lot longer. Um, so, um, like I said, I watched a lot of TV. So I caught up on a series called Elementary, which is really good. I really recommend that. If you're looking for something to watch over the next few weeks, I strongly recommend it. It's a remake of the kind of Sherlock Holmes stories. And um, Sherlock Holmes, and this is uh, Johnny Lee Miller, I think it is. And um, Watson is played by Lucy Liu. Um, which is a really good uh, new way of looking at, at the series. It kind of brought, brings it into the modern times quite nicely. I think there's four seasons of that at the moment. And I think the fifth season is coming out um, in the next month or so. I'm sure I've seen an advert for it somewhere. I've been watching it on Now TV, but I'm pretty sure it's also available on Netflix. So check it out if you're looking for something to watch. So I also uh, got back into, started doing my running again. You know, I've uh, been using the heat as a bit of an excuse. Um, got out to park run again this week was really good um, to get back out and, and, and running again, although it was far too hot still to take snow with me. So I had to get up a little bit earlier to walk her, um, which is all good. So the other thing that's worth mentioning about the uh, running thing that's helped me out this week 
is you know I, I like I said I'm kind of used, been using the heat a little bit as an excuse for um, not running, um, and it's a good excuse because I don't think it's sensible to be um, doing any ex- well I say extreme but any proper exercise in these temperatures without taking proper measures. Um, so what I kind of identified was you know I kind of been thinking to myself you know I really want to be doing running but I can't fit it into my schedule or anything um, because of the heat at certain parts of the day so it made me realize that actually you need to look at your schedule and make time for whatever it is that you've been putting it off if you're if you're suffering from putting it off or if you're regretting putting it off so there's always time to get stuff done it's just a case of prioritizing things so you need to move stuff about in your schedule like I did so I just shifted my running to early morning now or later on in the evenings as opposed to running in the day like I normally did to avoid the main heat hot main heat of the day um, so the sensible thing for me to do instead of just not running was to shift it. So I've done that now. So hopefully try and get back into that over the next week or so and um, kick that habit off again. So that because it's a good habit to have regular exercise and I enjoy running. So need to get back into that. But are there things that you've been putting off um, due to some random excuses um, like like me avoiding the heat when all I can do is run in the parts of the day when it's not hot? Um, other things that you've been doing that you need to look at um, you know can you change your schedule fit those in is it a case of prioritizing you know so if I had to have done I could have taken something out of my schedule that was less important you know I've pretty much got everything down to the most important things now which is really good I've identified the key tasks that I need to get done each day and I have time set aside for that so most of my day is blocked out with important stuff now but even within that there's scales of importance so there's more important things that absolutely must get done and less important stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be done as much. So I can take some of that less important stuff out, although it is still important. I can take it out if necessary to put a more important task in. Um, so there's always ways of getting stuff done. So that was a really good kind of little revelation that I had this week, um, which I thought it was worth letting you guys know about. So let's jump into the main meat of today's episode. I wanted to talk about risk management. And I wanted to talk about risk management for a couple of reasons, because I think it's come up in a couple of conversations I've had in the last month or so. So people often come up with, especially for uh, property um, businesses, um, start getting started in property investment. You know, they can come. it's quite easy to come up with a whole list of excuses as to why, or reasons as people see them, as to why now isn't a good time to get started in property investment. And again, I, I've talked about it um, in the last couple of months, like I say, particularly in a property uh, uh, scenario, but it's equally as likely, uh, equally effective to talk about it for other businesses as well, or for other ventures. So maybe you've been trying to write a book for a while, but you've always thought, come up with a good excuse or a good reason as to why now's not the best time to write it, why you should wait a couple of months before you get going. Maybe you're waiting for a project at work to finish so you can get home a bit earlier and start writing or maybe you're waiting for um, your uh, kids to go back to school after the summer holidays for example and you're going to have a bit more time then to be able to to write but there's always this there's always these reasons these excuses as to why now isn't the best time to get started and I think it's really really worth looking at those reasons and those excuses and coming up with a, a risk management plan and I plan is a really grand phrase for that. I don't think it needs anything so much as a plan. I think you just need to have an idea about how to tackle each of those issues. So let's delve into this from a property angle first and then we'll 
cover a couple of other angles on this as well. So if you were to try really hard, if you're a brand new to property investment, you're looking to get started, if you tried, you could come up with dozens and dozens of excuses as to why now isn't the best time. You know, you've got the big major things like Brexit coming up, the changing of government, so which is possibly going to lead to changes in policies, etc. You've got new tax laws coming into a place or just come into place. Um, there's a whole host of those big major things that not one of us can kind of control or have uh, any uh, real idea of what the impact of that is going to be in the future. And then there's the whole host of other personal reasons why you could come up with, oh, I've not got enough time. I don't want really to want to be managing tenants. Um, what if they damage the property? What happens if I can't find tenants? You know, you could come up with a whole host of excuses and reasons as to why now isn't the best time to start. So what I propose is that it's worth looking at each of these excuses. So if you're struggling to get something started, you kind of had it in the back of your mind for a, a long, long time. It's worth doing a little exercise to kind of uh, come up with a list of these issues uh, that you perceive um, or that can be perceived and, and try and come up with some uh, resolution to them for yourself. So if we kind of, like I said, so I've just talked about some for property examples but like I said, there, there are other examples that could be used that are non-property related. Maybe you want to start another type of business that you've been waiting to start. Maybe you've been trying to get a bit fitter, to take, like me, to take up running a bit more or get into the gym a bit more often. Maybe it's about starting a book. Maybe it's about spending more time with family or relatives or whatever it may be. There may be something in your life that you've not done as a result of being stuck in inertia because of the perceived risks. So let's have a look at how you can address that. I really think it's important to to just spend, it doesn't need to be long, thinking about these ideas. So just sit down with a blank piece of paper and write down each of these reasons why you think now is not a great time to start whatever it is you're thinking of or, or what the risks could be of starting that venture. So I, I gave you a few there for the property. Um, no doubt you can come up with a lot more than that. Write all those things that are worrying you down and let's have a look at that master list. So once you've got that written down, hopefully you've now got a little list of um, the, all those issues or perceived risks that you think that could affect your business going forward or your um, venture, whatever that may be, um, going forward. It's now time to look at those individually and put a little plan in place. And when I say a little plan, all I mean is a couple of bullet points against each of them to counter, to counter each of those issues. So, for example, in terms of property, maybe one of the things you're worried about is getting tenants that will damage your property. Well, the thing to counter that is you can get um, landlord insurance and insurance on the building. So you've got to make sure that you have the right in, uh, insurance policies on, on your properties. So uh, next to that one, have a little bullet point that says correct insurance. The next bullet point for that one could be that you save um, a portion of the rent that you receive each month as a slush fund for fixing property issues when the tenants move out. So you may say, right, each month I'm going to save 5, 10, 15, 20% of the rental income up to a cap of whatever you want to set. So maybe you want to say save 10% of the income from your rent each month up to a cap of 5 grand per property maybe. Um, you, could, you can decide on the numbers yourself um, to counteract that. So again, there's another bullet point you can have is um, slush fund or whatever you want to call that. 
Um, so you've got two little bullet points against that thing. So against that risk. So you know that as long as you do those two things, then that risk is taken care of. So you don't need to worry about that risk anymore. So put that out of your mind. As long as you've done those two things, put them out of your mind. Now, what's the next thing? Well, maybe you, let's tackle one of the bigger issues, maybe something like Brexit. So you've got Brexit written down there. We don't really know what um, the, the impact of that. So it's really hard to manage that. But under Brexit, maybe say the thing that people would be worried about is change to mortgage rates, for example. Maybe that's what you're really worried about with the Brexit thing. So maybe instead of get rid of Brexit off there and actually have the root cause of the of the issue that you're thinking about. So um, raise in mortgage rates or changes in mortgage rates. So if you've only got a single property, this is this is going to um, have little impact on you because a fluctuation of a couple of pounds in, in your inflation in your um, mortgage rates isn't going to have a massive impact. However, if you've got a, a larger property portfolio or intend to have a large property portfolio, then it may well impact you. Um, if you've got a number of uh, interest only mortgages or indeed even if you've got repayment mortgages, um, those uh, changes could add up substantially and change the profit margin on your deals. So what can you do about this? So the key thing in is, again, exactly like the previous example, is come up with a couple of bullet points that will maintain that. So actually, you could set yourself a split of capital owned across your portfolio. So maybe um, all your, at the moment, maybe you've got 10 properties and all 10 of them are on interest only mortgages. So actually that's high risk because you've not got any capital stuck in those mortgages. So maybe you could put a cap on say, right, um, there's overall, overall the total of my portfolio, I'm going to have 45, 50% that's going to be capital, um, cap, going to have capital on that. So that means that if the mortgage rates shift considerably, you can then remortgage some of those properties that have the capital tied into them to pay the mortgages on the other properties. Now, that's a short-term solution, obviously, if it's a long-term problem, but that gives you a little bit of flex in there so that if you need to sell one of the properties to stay afloat and to keep your other properties going, but by being able to remortgage, get, get hold of some of that capital that's in your properties, that gives you the time to sell one of the properties or a couple of the properties if that's what you need to do to mitigate that risk. So being able to have that flex, that budget float in there um, is a really good idea. So again, you could have, um, so one of your bullet points against that one could be percentage of capital within your property across the portfolio. You might also have, again, you might also have another slush fund um, that says, right, I've got uh, two to six months rent um, in the bank account ready to go for all your properties. So if there is ever an issue um, with the interest rates, you know that you can flex um, your payments because you've got two to six months worth saved in the bank account. So you know you're good for six months. That gives again gives you time to look at the properties you have, look across your portfolio, identify if you can sustain that ongoing, if it's going to be a long-term issue that's going to affect you and you know that you can see that this is going to cause you problems further down the line. It allows you to get out of some of those property deals. Again, you can sell them off or whatever. It's about giving yourself some flex space in there to be able to manage that. So I think it's really important that you do this with all the risks or issues that you've got written down there. So if anything that you come up, can come up with that is a potential worry for you in the future, just write a couple of bullet points down for 
how you think you can go about fixing them. Because once you've then implemented the fixes, you don't need to worry about or stress about these things. Because if the worst does happen and the risk does occur, so it becomes an issue. So, for example, the one we were just talking about, the mortgage rates changing, maybe they do change. But actually, you know, you've not got to struggle or stress about it, worrying about it, because you've got a little plan, you've got a little mitigation. And again, a plan is a grand word for it. All you need is a couple of bullet points written down just to say, actually, I've already pre-thought about this. I know exactly what I need to do. I, I need to... Um, use the slush fund that I've identified to pay for it for the next two months to see how it goes. Two months pass. Oh, right. This is going to be a longer issue than I was expecting. So I need to, I know, I need, I know I need to get shot of one of my properties to be able to afford the rest of the portfolio. So let's use the next two months of my slush fund to be able to sell that property and then reinvest the cash back into the other properties to make the portfolio um, level again. So, like I say, it's about having a few action plans, a few actions written down that you know that you can do because you've already thought about it. So it just eliminates the stress. Now, there is a caution to this because the danger is that if you're the kind of person that worries about absolutely everything, having all the risks and all the issues written down could potentially stop you from moving forward, could um, uh, bring out that flight mode. So you have that fight or flight that we mentioned you know it's going to bring out the flight in you if you're not careful but the thing to remember is that we're actually writing all these down so we can mitigate against them so it doesn't matter how big or how small that issue is get them written down identify a few bullet points to to resolve those if the if the risk does occur if you're stuck with anything go online or google you know google some uh, google whatever the risk is impact of Brexit on landlords and see what other people have come up with. Impact of um, negative te- uh, tenants who damage properties, for example. You can Google that. And I'm sure there's going to be loads of stuff come up of how people have been affected by this and what other landlords have done to remedy the situation. So if you're stuck with identifying uh, little remedy points, um, go and have a Google online uh, drop us a message on the Facebook page as well. If you do get stuck and you're worried about something, you know, the community may be able to help you out. So don't don't forget, you can always do that. Um, and if you've got friends who are landlords or you've got, uh, you know, people who are landlords, go and speak to them and ask them as well. And, and this goes for all businesses or all ventures. It's not just businesses, it's all ventures. So like I say, if you're writing a book, if you um, want to hit the gym a bit more, you know, but you're nervous about that, write down all the risks um, about these things. That you can and then mitigate them against them it doesn't just doesn't need to be a long exercise but it's worth doing and it's worth doing on a regular basis because um, the risks that you perceive when you're starting a new venture will be different to the risks that you perceive when you're six months into your venture um, so as you go to each new level within whether it's business or otherwise you know there are going to be new challenges and new tests for you to overcome um, the risks the, the risks are going to shift as you move through the life cycle of any venture. So it's worth doing it on a regular basis. And like I said, this is just going to eliminate a little bit of that stress that you've got, a little bit of those worries that you've got so that you can just get on and do do your work without that stress. You know, uh, maybe other people are causing you distress. Maybe other people are worried for you and knowing that you've got these plans, knowing that you've got these ideas of what you can do if these risks occur is going to help their stress levels. So maybe you've got a partner 
Uh, maybe you've got some parents, maybe you've got some brothers and sisters, maybe you've even got some friends that um, are worried about um, your business. Um, you know, they're really supportive, but they're naturally worried about some of the risks that there are in any venture. So maybe just sitting down with them and talking through what you've come up with is going to help. And equally, they might come up with some risks and some other things that may affect you in the future that you hadn't thought about. So always do that as well. So hopefully that's helped you. Um, I think it's it's a real key thing to have a have a look because um, stress caused by these risks is very real. You know, at the, at the best case, you know, it's going to niggle in the back of your mind occasionally. At worst case, it can really paralyze you and keep you stood in one place rather than um, being able to move forward and progress your venture or your business, whatever it may be. So there's those scales, and I think it's worth balancing. You definitely don't um, don't definitely don't need some really long plan for managing each of these things. So please don't get caught up in that because that's just going to be a time killer, time waster. So really spend your time on those key tasks. You know, you need to be spending as little time on this as possible. Like I say, half an hour to an hour is probably more than enough. You can probably come up with a list of 10 or 15 risks or worries that you have in about 10 minutes and then spend the other 50 minutes of that hour looking at the um, possible solutions for those problems and then you've got a really good little document that only needs to be a one page thing and then you know you can spend a few hours then another day implementing the solutions that you've come up with so if you've identified because this is the important thing obviously so if if you've identified right to mitigate um, against bad tenants I'm going to create a little fund I'm going to save 10% of each of the uh, income that I get from each of the properties to fix any property issue property damage that I have you need to actually set up that so that it actually happens because there's no point you know coming to the end getting you come to get the property back off a tenant go in there's loads of damage and you think oh well I should have I came up with a plan I had the slush fund idea but I never implemented it. So the value is in implementing those solutions. So make sure you spend more time implementing the solutions than you did coming up with them. So go away, spend an hour coming up with the solutions and then spend the next few days implementing those solutions or implementing them when it's um, suitable, you know, because you don't necessarily need to set up a slush fund or anything if, if you if it's not needed now um, or you're not worried about that risk affecting you now. Um, but make sure that you do implement those solutions because um, it's going to save you um, potential headaches in the future. So that's all I was going to talk about today. Hopefully that's been useful. Hopefully you've got some value out of that. Don't forget to head out over to the Property Entrepreneur Facebook page and um, check out the material on that. Um, Hopefully you'll find some value there as well. So just in summary, so I like to wrap up these episodes with a quick summary of what we've talked about Have a think about your uh, risks and potential worries. You write it down on a piece of paper and then next to them, write a couple of bullet points for uh, potential solutions. You know, you could have two or three bullet points. It doesn't need to be an essay. Like I said said throughout the podcast, the real key thing is is a quick exercise. It's not taking a lot of time away from actually doing business stuff. Um, And then the the key thing after doing that, you've spent the time, done a worthwhile activity, is then implement those solutions that you've come up with. So thank you very much for listening. Um, uh, This has been the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week.